The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast on the Nick and Roy channel. Brought to you in part by BPC. It's the best Portuguese chicken in the Toronto area. BPC. Slinging chickens since 2010. And by DeMarlo Salon and Spa of Naples. Hair, nails, massage and skin care for more than 15 years at the Naples location. What is the record for the amount of grapes eaten in three minutes? Did you know that if you were a fly on the wall, you could hear better than humans can? I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we go out of our way to scour the internet for information you really don't need. So join us on this journey as we find out about all the useless informations out there on this episode of Totally Useless Information. It's everything you never needed to know by listening once a week. You get smarter than you think. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. Hello there, and once again, welcome to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. We even have advertising. Yippee! That's right. Look what just walked in. Animal, 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 crazy animal. On the Totally Useless Information Podcast. So if you look up in the sky, way up in the sky, and you see birds, and they're flying, and they're flying in a V formation, did you ever wonder why? Um, no. <laughs> okay, then, so what do you got? <laughs> well, now tell us. Now we want to know. <laughs> okay. All right. A study was released, and it says that the birds choreographed the flapping of their wings. So it's choreographed, right? I could just see them in leg warmers now. Getting a boost from an updraft of air in the wake of the flapping wings by flying behind the first bird and off to the side. So when a flock of birds take advantage of these aerodynamics, they form a V. They're smart, those birds. Uh, ah, so the first bird gets in the front of the other birds and goes, Okay, everybody, three, two, one! <laughs> okay, when playing... With female puppies, male puppies will let them win. Can you imagine this? That the male puppies let the female puppies win? I think that's so cool. It is. And, uh, of course, you know why they win. Because they just give them the puppy eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> um, have you ever seen a python eat? Uh No. <laughs> well, if you do, you can check it out. He can swallow a rabbit whole. What? And he, he can swallow a rabbit whole and may eat as many as 150 mice in a six-month period. So let me get this straight. He swallows not only the rabbit, but the entire hole as well? 
That's right. The rabbit hole as well, where he's hiding. Pass the Rolades. <laughs> okay, you tree-hugging hippie freaks. <laughs> you should write a jingle for the tree-hugging hippies. I think I will now. Okay, um, who plants more trees than anyone in the world? And you would think that these tree-hugging hug, hippie freaks would know this, but they probably don't. It's squirrels. The little idiots forget where they buried the acorns that they were storing for the winter. So they bury acorns all over the place, and they're probably experiencing some sort of squirrel dementia, and they forget where the hell they were. And then next thing you know, there's a tree growing. So some little annoying uh, squirrel makes those uh, annoying tree-hugging hippies happy. <laughs> drives them nuts. A panda at birth is smaller than a mouse and weighs only four ounces or the equivalent of a quarter pounder, no cheese or bun at McDonald's. That's four a, ounces. A panda weighs four ounces. At birth, yes. Smaller okay. than a mouse. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, so that you know, Nick and I do not rehearse the show. We don't rehearse. We don't know what we're going to say because we actually want our reaction to what we're going to say because otherwise we're really not funny when we're reading it. And we're really not funny in general, but... <laughs> uh. <laughs> actually, I didn't know you were going to say that. Okay, but human rights in China is a little bizarre, okay? Yeah. And you brought up the panda, so I'm, I'm going to bring this up. If you kill a panda, you will receive the death penalty in China. Okay? Oh. That's right. You'll receive the death penalty. Okay? You could work a 10-year-old to death. That's no problem. But don't mess with those pandas. <laughs> so never my eye for an eye. It's panda for a panda. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I know this is the animal portion of our podcast, and, and, and you know this is part of my tease as well. So you ever hear the expression, if I were only a fly on the wall? So I heard that the other day, and they said, you know, in that particular meeting, if I were a fly on the wall, and I'm thinking, well, why would you want to be a fly on the wall unless you wanted to know if the fly can hear? So I looked it up, and I found out that flies have exceptional hearing. The thing that makes them very special is the fly's ear is so small, according to Neil Hall, an assistant professor, he's a smart guy in, in Texas, he says we have we as humans. Well, he's he's a, a professor of electrical and computer engineering. He's a Ooh. smart dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, not just electrical, but computer engineering. He All knows right? how to plug things in. <laughs> he knows how to he knows how to hit Control Alt and Delete at the same time. Wow, <laughs> wow, smart. <laughs> so we as humans have significant separation between our ears, some more than others. So sound arrives in one ear, and a split second later before it enters the other. Sorry, it enters one. Let me try that again in English. It we, seems as like humans, it's entering one ear and going out the other with you. <laughs> that's right. But the fly's head is so tiny that its ears are separated by only a millimeter, which means it's the thickness of a fingernail. Ooh. So the sound arrives at the same time. The fly's hearing is exceptional. So the next time you, you want to be a fly on the wall, You'll hear everything. It's like, how's your life living in stereo? A prison in Washington state pairs up prison inmates with cats that are set to be exterminated. So the cats that are on 
the the list to be euthanized or whatever or felonized they're part of the rehabilitation program that the prison in washington has set forth but i was thinking to myself can you imagine the quote from one of the inmates like he'd say something like i really like lucky said the death row inmate <laughs> like yeah, these yeah. inmates are probably on death row and the, the cat got a pardon <laughs> On the Totally Useless Information Podcast, really easy way for you to contact us, T-U-I podcast at Outlook.com. So, we hear expressions every day. Do you? I love expressions. Where do expressions come from? I don't know where, I don't know where. Where do expressions come from? We want to know right now. Those were the Totally Useless Information Podcast singers. Yes. You know what's funny? You asked me that question. We don't even need like one of them time delay buttons because our brains work like a millisecond slow. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yes. So hopefully this show will go off without a hitch. Ooh, go off without a hitch. So examples of a hitch could include a delay, as you just mentioned, difficulty or disruption. Another meaning of hitch, which is also related, is a snag. The word hitch has existed since the 1400s, and the expression without a hitch began rising in popularity in the mid-1800s. So if you, things went off without a hitch, went off without a snag, Things went smoothly. Oh, wow. That's the real McCoy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The real McCoy, meaning the real thing. Most people think that it has to do with the Western Hatfields and McCoys. But it doesn't, which is why it's on the show. But no, (laughs) it is believed that it is from a Canadian businessman so here we go again canada i've got to come up with all these things his name was elijah mccoy and he invented a better self-lubricating steam engine yes i said self-lubricating i'm glad you finished that sentence (laughs) and (laughs) now he invented this self-lubricating steam engine and his ad said ask for the real mccoy and because he had uh, competitors and he didn't want you to buy the imposter. So he said, ask for the real McCoy. That's how it got started. Well, there you go, Mr. McCoy. Thank you. A fellow Canadian, another invention. One day we will do inventions on this podcast. So if you're ever wondering where things come from, we will tell you all about it. Because why not? In <laughs> fact, we can put your money where your mouth is. Ooh. Put your money where your mouth is. The expression first appeared... In America, in the 1930s or 40s, they're not sure, but they're still figuring it out. The idea behind this idiom is that it's easy to talk about doing something, but it's harder to do something about it. So therefore, if a person keeps talking about something that he or she thinks it's true, but does nothing to support it, someone might use this idiom on her or him. So before the expression existed, there were several others that were similar, like put your money where your faith is, 
or put your money where your heart is, all meaning the same thing. Because if you care about something, you should support it with money or other actions. Put your money where your mouth is. Wow. That's pretty cool. How about this? The die is cast. What does that mean? The die is cast, meaning the decision is made. Well, Julius Caesar ordered his troops to cross the Rubicon River, which, by the way, is another one that I'll get to eventually. Cross the Rubicon. But um, he, he ordered his troops cross the Rubicon River, and his trusted generals asked if he had made the right decision. And he said, it's too late. The die, the dice have been thrown. Or translated from Italian, the die is cast. Very good. Hail Caesar. Hopefully they weren't in the red. In the red. It wow. comes from the practice of using red ink to denote debt or losses in a financial balance sheet. So businesses that are financially solvent are described as in the black because they would use black ink to put on their, in their financial balance sheet. Formerly it was customary, and now with some bookkeepers, to make an entry of a loss in red ink from whence arose the term in the red, also indicating a loss. Ah, so they, they used red ink for losses. That's cool. correct, because... It was, it's like you're bleeding money, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I think right. that the accountant just looked at the uh, the person sitting across the table and said, a nod is good as a wink. <laughs> a nod is as good as a wink. Also yes. has two different phrases. A nod is as good as a wink to a blind horse. That is the original. And then it was brought down to a nod is as good as a wink. In the 16th century, the phrase meant that you were in agreement any subtle signal was sufficient. Basically, what it meant is whether you nod or you wink, I understand. By the way, in the 16th century, it was thought to be a sexual statement. So I guess if you wanted to play around, a nod was as good as a wink, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And if she says no, she'll clean your clock. (laughs) <laughs> C-L-O-C-K Yes This expression originated during the 1900s It's possible that it was related to the idea that a clock had a face And cleaning someone's clock often implies punching someone in the face Yes The word clean also had a slang definition Meaning to defeat or beat since the 1800s, cleaning. You know, I'm not scared of somebody that uses like metaphors like that. You know, I will clean your clock. I'm more scared of somebody that says, "I'm going to punch you right in the face." <laughs> Anybody know what time it is? Where <laughs> expressions come from? I don't know where. I don't know where. Where expressions come from? We want to know right now. On the Totally Useless Information Podcast, thank you very much for joining us week after week. We enjoy all of the uh, emails and all of the oh, yes. uh, positive comments. That we really do appreciate it from our friends, people that we didn't realize we had that were our friends. They're still friends. Thank you. And some people that are our friends, we're still trying to make believe they're not. Right. <laughs> we love you anyway. So let's open up the mailbag, shall we? Oh, yes. What's in the mailbag today? Who sent the letter anyway? 
What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? The email address is tuipodcast at outlook.com. Eileen from Huntington, New York asks, I heard that soap operas were once on radio. Is that true? And why do they call it soap operas? So, thank you, Eileen from Huntington, New York. I looked it up, and a soap opera is a radio or a television serial dealing especially with a domestic situation or frequently characterized by a melodrama. The term soap opera originated from radio dramas being sponsored by soap manufacturers. Most of the listeners would be housewives, thus the shows are aimed at and consumed by a predominantly female audience. Thank you, Eileen from Huntington, New York. Well, I have a mailbag. It's Ray from the Bronx in New York. Ray from the Bronx in New York. And Ray gave us a very, very long email in which he basically chastised us for getting one or two things wrong. And I won't go through them, but I looked them up, and and Ray, you're wrong. Okay, so having said that, please don't try to call uh, or or email me and Nick and tell us we're wrong because we don't take it very well. So, or we'll clean your clock. (laughs) (laughs) But Ray in the Bronx also wrote, he wrote something about a trial by ordeal. And he said that he had heard that phrase and somebody said that, that it was a trial by ordeal and he didn't know and couldn't find out what it meant. Well, I did. And this was a pretty interesting one. In medieval times... The accused, uh, the person who was accused at a trial, they they were told that they were now going to be put, it was a legal justification called trial by ordeal. They couldn't prove whether the person was guilty or not guilty, lying or telling the truth. So what they did was they brought a boiling cauldron of water and told the person to stick their arm in the boiling water. If their arm came out unscathed and not burnt, it was believed that God protected them and they were telling the truth and innocent. Amazingly enough, all were guilty. (laughs) Oh my God, this is crazy. Wow, Ray, you are a sick bastard. Find something happy to talk about, Ray. This is crazy stuff. Nobody wants to know about this. I I, I thank you. No, I thank you, Ray, because this is the sick, crazy, medieval nonsense that was going on. <laughs> you stick your arm in boiling water and see if you're guilty or not. You were born in the wrong century. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? Are you hungry? Oh, I'm really hungry. We're hungry for totally useless food information. Hey, everybody. Come and get it! Your weekly sweet and savory facts with your five-star Michelin chefs of totally useless information, Nick and Roy. Come and get it! (laughs) Sometimes there's just nothing to say. She's insane. Thank God. So Otherwise, like- how would she put up with you if she wasn't? 
Yes, exactly. 100% true. So um, you've eaten lollipops in your lifetime, haven't you? Uh, yes. In fact, I did that challenge to find out how many licks it takes to do the Tootsie Pop. Eating a lollipop is nothing more than just swallowing flavored saliva. <laughs> That's <it>. disgusting. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, think about it, right? Whatever the flavor lollipop it is, it just it flavors your saliva, and that's what you're swallowing is flavored saliva. Yeah. You think you're the only one that can provide disgusting food facts? Well, there yeah. you go. There's one for you. Well, me and I were talking about food. What do you think is the largest grown food industry in the world? you have any idea? And it's not lollipops. <laughs> the actual largest food industry in the world is grapes growing grapes or vineyards it is the largest food industry in the world there are 60 different species and 8,000 varieties of grapes let me translate that in terms of drinking okay okay J just one more glass of wine i'll be fine <laughs> think about how much wine we drink if this wow. is the largest industry in the world. I mean, I know you eat grapes, and that's one of my teasers, but, you know, I mean. No, no, eating grapes is not as much fun as drinking it. Oh. Or raisins, even. Yeah. Uh, KFC, you know what KFC is, right? It's, it used to be called Kentucky Fried Chicken, but then they, sort, they shortened it to KFC. Do you know yeah. where KFC is from? Uh, down south somewhere, right? Kentucky. Yes. Thankfully. So that state's popular food export is no secret. Colonel Harland Sanders cooked the first batch of Kentucky Fried Chicken at Sanders Cafe in Corbin, Kentucky. The recipe has changed a few times over the years, and the first bucket of KFC chicken sold in 1957. So yes, Kentucky Fried Chicken is actually from Kentucky. I heard that the restaurant was behind the gas station and at first he couldn't sell it, so he let the smell go out while people were gassing up, and he brought the buckets of chicken out to them. I heard that. I don't know if it's true. So please, Ray, don't write in. <laughs> you know what? I have a new name for Ray. Ray the fact checker. No, no, no. Fact checker. Not fact. Yes. <laughs> okay. Humans are born craving something. Mm -hmm. And it's not Heidi Klum. No, oh, no. <laughs> Here we go again. No more Heidi Klum. No, it's not sex. They're Is born craving sugar. Oh. Yes, we actually have a gene that makes us crave sugar. So when kids gravitate towards a candy bar, things like that, moms, they're craving it. It's like crack. Or lollipops. They're just swallowing their own saliva. <laughs> but it's flavored. <laughs> Good for them. With six amazing flavors. <laughs> we should do a commercial for lollipops. Yes, you can have a lollipop with six amazing flavored saliva. Mm, <laughs> yummy. Potato chips. Uh, where do they come from? Well, a particularly picky customer at Moon's Lake House in Saratoga Springs, New York, complained mm. that the thickness of his French fries in 1853. So the chef, George Crumb, sliced some potatoes paper thin, creating the first potato chips. So cool. thanks to the picky customer, 
in Saratoga Springs, New York, in 1853, potato chips were born. That's cool. Well, I was bringing up the grape thing. So speaking about grapes, okay, that was my teaser. But first, I'll get to this. Speaking about grapes, the average person will consume eight pounds of grapes every year. I like grapes. I don't know if I consume eight pounds, though. That seems like an awful lot of grapes. It's yeah. not like peanuts. Your peanut butter and jelly wouldn't be quite the same without the state, which is number one in growing peanuts, Georgia. Yeah. Georgia on my mind, yeah. <laughs> Georgia is the number one peanut producer in the United States. Half of its crop gets processed into peanut butter, creamy, and crunchy. What's your preference? What's your favorite type of, type of uh, peanut Actually, butter? Actually, we went through this before. I do prefer creamy. Creamy, okay. Yes. Did your mom prefer Jif? No, no, I know. I was a skippy. Yes, there you have it, folks. You heard it first. Uh -huh. He's a skippy. You have one more. Oh, it's all about grapes, and I had one more. It was my teaser. All things grapes, right? That's what, that's what I had for food. Most grapes, the most grapes eaten in three minutes, okay? This okay. guy, his name was Matt Hand, H-A-N-D. He's from England. He consumed 133 grapes in three minutes, okay? 133 grapes in three minutes. After three days at 98 degrees in his stomach, he urinated a full bottle of wine. <laughs> Red or white? Your <laughs> kitchen is now closed. Hey, hey. Join us next time on the Totally Useless Information Podcast for more sweet and savory morsels of useless food information. See you real soon. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. We'll have more useless information. But here's something really useful. If you're hungry and you're in the Toronto I'm area. Always hungry now. I know you're always hungry. And if you're if you're hungry. I'm hungry right now for chicken. Okay, go to bestpc.ca. That's the website. Don't lick the screen. There's no other place for chicken. No, there isn't. Best, P P -C. Best Portuguese chicken. 942 The Queensway is where they're located in Toronto. They serve Mississauga, Etobicoke, many areas in the surrounding areas. You can check them out. Bestpc.ca is the website. Check it out. They have these family specials on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Absolutely amazing. All you, you get... got to remember is B P C. Right. Best Portuguese chicken. They have amazing sides. They even have vegetarian and vegan options. They, they have homemade Portuguese custard tarts. They it's have great. homemade bread. No, it's great. Really. Yeah. Okay, he's tried it. I know. I'm serious. It's great. Okay, I know. Best piece he... Some people just say this because they're a sponsor. Go out, try the chicken. I'm telling you, you're going to email us if you have this chicken. 416-255-7177. The holidays are long gone now. Okay, the holidays are gone, and this is what they call the holiday blues, right? Everyone gets their credit cards. Hell you know? no, this is the time to go get some pizza. That's what I mean. <laughs> this is better than comfort food. It's good for you. It's family-run operation. They're really nice people, really friendly staff. Check them out. If I could, I'd wrap that chicken up and give it to myself as a gift. You could do whatever you want. 416-255-7177, or check them out on the website, bestpc.ca. Slinging chickens. Since 2010. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. Science, science, science. On the Totally Useless Information Podcast, I'm Nick. 
And I am Roy. Speaking of Einstein, Einstein married his first cousin. Oh, no. An archive of nearly 1,400 letters written by Einstein gave evidence that he became detached and even cruel to his first wife. Meanwhile, Albert started getting close to Elsa around 1912 while he was still married to Maria. The two had grown up spending a lot of time together as cousins usually do. It was only around this time that they developed a romantic correspondence with one another. Sounds like a soap opera. Anyway, Albert wed Elsa on June 2nd, 1919, shortly after divorcing his first wife. Yep, he married his cousin. What did he say? Like, oh, this doesn't add up. No, no. This is where I'm thinking maybe that's where he discovered the theory of relativity. <laughs> Relative. He married. This is sick. You hear this stuff, it's sick. He was a But look at his hair. <laughs> yes. That alone will tell you. <laughs> Couldn't comb his hair. Of course he married his cousin. <laughs> you know, this is a funny story, though. This is a true story. He he was he frequented Long Island, New York, and when I lived in Long Island, New York, there was a guy who had a hardware store who they were friends with Einstein. And there were wow. all these pictures around of him with Einstein. And I kept looking at these pictures and said to my wife, he has women's shoes on. In every single picture, Einstein had these like women's espadrille shoes. And I didn't even know that's what they were called. My wife told me. But I said, they look like women's shoes. And they were women's shoes. The guy is a psychopath. He married his cousin. His hair looked like he blew up. And he wore women's shoes. Okay. Relatively speaking, I think he's a nut. There's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> your theory of relativity. Wow. The Eiffel Tower can be 15 centimeters taller during the summer because the rise in temperature forces molecules to expand, especially in metal. And being that the Eiffel Tower is made out of metal, the Eiffel Tower will get 15 centimeters taller in the summer. Okay. There you go, French. Keep building stuff out of metal. <laughs> so I guess in the winter, Thiet suffers from shrinkage. That, well, there you go. Yep, just like a lot of things. <laughs> St. Elmo's fire is actually a phenomenon. It's a scientific phenomenon. The visible glow is a corona discharge or electrical discharge of a thin envelope of ionized air. So the nearby sharp or pointed object that appears to be emitting from that glow is called St. Elmo's fire. A plasma ionized air that emits a glow is St. Elmo's fire. Wow. A teaspoon of neutron star. If you were to take a neutron star and take a little teaspoon of it, it would weigh six billion tons. It's impossible to even conceive that. Something the size of a teaspoon weighs six billion tons. Because neutron stars were remnants of the actual star, like our sun, that died. Then it turned into a supernova and expanded like crazy. Then it collapsed in on itself and got so compressed and so small that a teaspoon of it would weigh six billion tons. They should have used a tablespoon. Now Ray's going to write in and say, it was actually five billion nine hundred nine hundred. No, whatever. All right, fact checker Ray. Where was he from? The Bronx. Bronx? Yeah, Ray from the Bronx. Listen, great people came from the Bronx. Mm -hmm. Not Ray. Rain. 
Do blind people dream? Ooh. According to a blog posted by Dr. Brandon Peters, he says, yes, they do. Dream sleep is often associated with the sleep stage of REM or rapid eye movement. It's generated deep within the brain. And as it is a function of the brain and not the eyes, blind people dream as much as a sighted person would. No matter what the cause of the blindness, this remains true. So yes, blind people do dream. No, that's true. They, they, they may be blind, but they still have an imagination. Right. It's the brain that actually creates the dream. So having said that very sensible thing, now let me say something stupid. The tree huggers, <laughs> the tree huggers are right. Uh -oh. oh, what? No, I said it. Yes. Well, I'll explain. They're just off by a few billion years. <laughs> in fact, the Earth will be evaporated in 2.3 billion years. When the sun becomes a red giant, it will actually consume the Earth and it will not exist anymore. So, yes, when the tree huggers say it's global warming and they're just off by 2.3 billion years by that much it's been known that women's hearts beat faster women have faster heart rates on average than men do because their hearts are smaller in size and need to beat more to pump the same amount of blood the hearts are smaller they need to beat faster Heidi Klum's got a big heart Venus is the only planet to spin clockwise all the other planets spin counterclockwise. And for Ray, I'm going to clarify this, Uranus actually spins on its side, but <laughs> it spins counterclockwise on its side. Okay, they believe that at some point, Venus was turning counterclockwise, but at some point was hit by an extremely large asteroid, which actually stopped it and began it to spin in the opposite direction. Hit the music! <laughs> Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. He equals nothing. It's science, science, science. So the holidays are over, and everybody's been doing their running, and you start to realize, okay, I'm done. So if you're in the Naples area, Vanderbilt Beach Road and Collier Boulevard, you're going to find DeMarlo Salon and Spa. We're talking about hair, skin, nails, massage. DeMarlo Salon and Spa does it all, and they do it great. Uh, you've probably seen they, they're on television all over the place commercial-wise. They've won all kinds of awards. The, their, hair is, their hair is unbelievable if you see what they do, the color. The, the new styles and cuts that they do. Their spa department is amazing. Their retail department is amazing. You really got to get down. They, they joke around on their commercials. They say, cut and color with an attitude. DeMarlo Salon and Spa, call them at 239-793-2020. 239-793-2020. If you're coming down from Canada to spend time here in Southwest Florida, you got to make an appointment at DeMarlo Salon and Spa. And you can also find them on the web at demarlosalon.com. demarlosalon.com. Trust me, folks, 
the people that have email us after they go there. Go to DeMarlo Salon and Spa. I think I'm tired. I think it's time for us to retire this episode of the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Yes. Until next time. It flies. It flies, folks. Listen every week, every Thursday, uh, we put out a new uh, episode. Remember, please, YouTube, subscribe, subscribe. Listen to us on every single platform. And basically, that's all the time we have for this episode of Totally Useless Information Podcast. We will have more for you next time, we promise. So in the meantime, tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening.